We are glad to have you join us today on the Care to Change podcast. We'll be concluding our month of topics on breaking free with this episode, where April and our guest, Stephanie Boyce, talk about breaking free from the tyranny of the urgent. Thanks for being part of this conversation. Our hope is to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back, everyone. This is April Bordeaux from Care to Change, and we are so glad that you have chosen to spend this time with us again. We are closing out a series on breaking free, and this month we have had some really spectacular guests with us. We started the month right after Independence Day discussing breaking free from what was experienced at war. And so we had a couple of veterans with us that day. And then right after that, we talked about breaking free from addictive cycles. And then last week, we had a guest who talked with us about breaking free from abusive cycles and the difference between toxic and abusive relationships. And so we've had some really special guests this month, and today is no different. I'm especially excited to welcome Stephanie Boyce from The Oaks to our podcast today. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, April. I'm honored. This will be fun. I'm so glad that you're here. I actually met Stephanie in person. She's out in California, and I'm going to let her talk a little bit about the Oaks, but I went on a personal retreat uh, last year, last April in 2021, and really began to explore this idea more of breaking free from the tyranny of the urgent, which is today's topic. So I thought, well, who better to talk to us about breaking free from the tyranny of the urgent uh, than the person who runs the Oaks Retreat Center out in California. So will you just begin, Stephanie, just talking a little bit about what you do out there and what the Oaks is so that people who are listening can look you up and understand what great programming you have offering out there? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you again, April. Um, I have been so blessed by our friendship and our connection. So um, it's an honor to be here and be with your listeners. The Oaks is a retreat center out in Southern California that sits on 240 acres, and we host a number of different options out here. The main one that I help coordinate is flagship retreats, and it's just an open weekend for people to come out and get what they need and give what they got and check in, slow down, relax, and have a lot of fun. We also offer retreats with one of our owners, um, Bob Goff. He's an author, speaker, writer, fantastic guy. And um, he does writer's workshops and speaker's workshops and a workshop he calls Dream Big, which is fantastic and so much fun. And then uh, our other owner, Miles Adcox, who is uh, the chairman at Onsite Workshops, is out here running on-site workshops for two weeks out of every month. So we also do rentals. So we get some fun corporate groups out here. Chick-fil-A is a group that, that comes out here a lot and um, just some really fun, fantastic people, business people, church people, uh, weddings. <laughs> We've had it all under the oaks. So it's been a fun journey. We just opened two years ago now. So it's really funny. I like to say, you know, that scene in Sweet Home Alabama where they're like, you have a baby in a bar. Like we have a retreat center <laughs> in a pandemic. <laughs> so, right. Uh, when we opened, <laughs> that's how we got started. But um, it actually was 
a really big gift to have a slow beginning. So now we're, we're cruising. We, we have stuff out here almost every day. And I, I just have to say, I know that you didn't ask me to say this, but to be able to go there and to one of the first things that, you know, either read or you say it, or it's in the, the guide that's given when you go out is retreating isn't about checking out. It's about checking in. And I love that so much. There's so much intentionality out at the Oaks, everything from placement, uh, colors, decor, just the food, the atmosphere, the spacing, the cadence of of the programming. It's not something that um, is packed with activity. It's really a space created to allow people to learn and to lean in and to understand and really just, like you said, check in. And I love that so much. It wasn't what I was expecting. A lot of times people will say retreats, and then it's, you know, from this time to this time, and then that time to that time. And you don't necessarily leave rested or restored. And it's rare to find a place and a program in quotes that gives people the space to be able to be both rested and restored. And so it's just not just a beautiful facility, but the intentionality of how the programming works there is unique and special. And so what you have there is such a gift. And so I would encourage any of the the listeners to really look. Um, what's what's the website? Yeah, it's oakscenter.com. So O-A-K-S. Oaks Center. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and it's it's just, it's definitely worth looking and seeing what's offered. And it's just, I think Miles calls it therapeutic hospitality. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely what is felt when going there. And so for the listeners, today's topic is about how to break free from the tyranny of the urgent. And so I just want to sort of pick your brain a little bit about uh, what you see the reason why people, first of all, why they don't take the time Mm -hmm. to try to break free. And yet, you know, it's almost like today's day and age, you say, how are you? And, you know, nine and a half times out of 10, someone says, super busy or crazy busy, or, you know, me running from here to there and, you know, trying to catch their breath. And it's almost a badge of honor that people have. And what, what do you see as what stops people from actually investing in, in the leaning in process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the first you mentioned is we treat busy like a badge. So we feel like we don't want to be seen as lazy. <laughs> so um, right. it actually sounds pretty indulgent or selfish. People will use that language to to slow down and take care of ourselves or to invest in ourselves in that way to go on a retreat. So it sounds way more noble to say, oh, I'm working so hard and I'm super busy. And then I also think we use noise and busyness and, and a faster pace of life to help us as a medicator to numb us yes. from the things that we need to be maybe slowing down to pay attention to. To turn down the decibels of our life is actually a really brave and courageous thing. And so we keep our lives moving like a hamster on a wheel um, so that we don't have to stop and look at those things. So that's why to me, it's such a brave invitation that we accept when we say, no, I actually want to slow down. I want to make sure I'm headed in the right direction. I want to make sure that things of my past aren't controlling me, but that I'm aware of them and um, I'm willing to do my work. And so when people slow down, I think it's a really 
amazing gift that they give themselves that on first glance, I think people would say that's a selfish thing to do, but it's actually more selfish not to, because I feel like when we don't take the time to take these small breaks of margin, we end up just spilling out all over our lives into relationships Mm. and into our work and into our health. And so we see the the impact of not taking care of ourselves. So I would say the best thing that you can do for the people that you love is to slow down every once in a while, take stock, see how you're doing, create margin, and just see what what's there for you. What's your next invitation? I love that so much, you know, that we treat busy as a badge and that often that busyness, not only does it give us a, a, a rush of getting the next thing done, we can check something off of our list, but using it to sort of self-medicate from what can actually be happening rather than just pausing and checking in, because it can be kind of scary to pause and to say, okay, what is my body telling me? What is my mind telling me? What is my heart feeling right now? To actually pause and to have those, you know, self-conversations or those conversations with someone else, or to be guided in those conversations can be scary, because what might it uncover, and it can feel uncomfortable to take the layers of busy off the schedule, and to come face to face with self, and whatever that means. And so that can be, and that can be scary to do that, which is why you say it's very brave to do. And fortunately, and what we see here, you know, at Care to Change, people aren't fully present with loved ones and at their places of employment or wherever they serve when they're constantly looking at the next thing on the calendar or the next action item or the next email that needs to be finished or the next parenting duty or run to make. And so there's this element of not just it's brave to check in. And you said it's, you know, the best gift you can give to someone else is to do your self check. But it's also a gift to slow life down because it allows us to be fully present Mm -hmm. with the people around us. And so that's a gift to be able to say, I'm here with you. I'm not distracted by what's next. I'm just here. I'm going to be present in this moment so that I can understand what it feels like to be you. So I can check in and understand what it feels like to be me. And we can have authentic connection in that space. And when you're so busy, you don't get to have that authentic connection. It's just the check in and the move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think fear plays a factor too, of not knowing how to be present for people, but also the the stuff that we're kind of running from or staying busy and avoiding is sometimes it's the fear itself that's scarier than the actual thing underneath the fear. And so what I, what I see usually are like deer in headlights the Friday night when people check in, they're like, what did I sign up for? And then by Saturday night within 24 hours, it's like everything in them has softened and they've opened and they're like, oh my gosh, this is like exactly what I needed. And this is so fun and so light and so freeing. And yeah, I'm looking at some stuff that I maybe have been walking past for the last year, you know, or six months or whatever it is. Um, Mm. But it's actually more empowering to stop and look at it because it's not that bad once I look at it. It's It's been the avoiding and the building up that's been causing more of my stress. 
So it's fascinating. Mm. It's fascinating mm-hmm. what getting intentional and slowing down and and creating this kind of rhythm or cadence, the power of it. It's really that mm-hmm. simple. We just don't do it. <laughs> what do you begin to see when you say that second night within mm-hmm. 24 hours? You know, you say, I begin to see a change. How can you tell uh, and what is different, even just in a 24-hour period of, of time? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's mostly in the posture of people's bodies that when they come mm-hmm. in, they're very rigid and tense. Like um, the first week of junior high at the cafeteria, you don't know where to sit. You don't know what you're up against. Mm-hmm. And and then it's just like you've eased into now you're hanging out with your friends on the bleachers. Like it just, people are leaned back. They're slower. They're softer. Their face is laughing. They just, they have just kind of gone from running to strolling. It's just this beautiful shift in people's bodies that happens when they've made that intentional move to, you know, maybe put the phone away, to remove themselves from the emails, to come out to a place where they can just wake up to their life again, to be reminded who they are and why they're here and the things that are important to kind of retreat kind of sifts people. And it's a really beautiful thing that only, only kind of this letting time unfold can do. It's not a forced rhythm. Uh, and I think that's what you were kind of alluding to in the beginning when you were talking about what you experienced when you were out here. It's, we are very, very intentional about creating margin and time for things to just naturally unfold so you don't feel like you're hectic or missing things Mm -hmm. along the way. I know when my husband and I went back out, so I went in in April, and then later on in the year, my husband and I went out together. And when he looked at the, the, the schedule for the retreat, the weekend, he said, what's all this space? You know, there were several hours. And he said, what is that? What happens there? And I said, that's the point. <laughs> Whatever is needed. Yeah. <laughs> we can actually walk and talk and listen without having to, oh, we have 10 more minutes. Let's finish up this assignment. And it, and at that moment, it was just, just like you said, the posture shifts like, oh, okay, I can breathe, you know, just finding breath again. Mm-hmm. And again, that gift of space to, to find breath to do that check-in with self. And when we talk about mental health, you know, what a gift to give yourself the ability to breathe again. And we we talk so often about the importance of breath. And I know that's one of the the offerings. I don't want to give all the spoilers away about everything you do there, but uh, I know you especially lead uh, yoga. Mm -hmm. And it's not the kind of yoga that people think, you know, they're in these strange contorted poses and in all of that, it's more really of that, again, that intentionality. Talk about how you frame that time. I know each time is a little bit different, but when you're preparing, I know there's, you know, it's, it's not just, okay, f- throw your mat out and prepare to sweat. It really mm-hmm. is. Let's, let's dim down, like you said, the noise. And in this case, you know, let's dim down the lights. Let's dim down what's happening, the stimulus around to really just pause and t- talk a little bit about the benefit of even including that into the weekend. Yeah, um, it's one of my favorite things we do here. We usually do an evening 
yoga. Sometimes it's in the afternoon. Um, if you come out here in the summertime, we try to do it underneath the stars at sunset. And it's just this opportunity. It is this dimming down as the lights are going down, the natural light is fading. And we do a gentle flow practice. And for me and everybody's experience with yoga is kind of their own personal journey. But for me, it was a chance for me in my own practice to slow down and recognize my breath and to also move grief and trauma from the body out. So I've experienced mm. some pain and some loss and uh, showing up to my mat every day was my opportunity to say to myself, oh, here I am, I'm breathing, I'm sad. It feels like an overall sad. <laughs> I can't quite mm -hmm. figure out where it is in my body, but I know it's there. Oh, when I stretch my leg, my leg becomes alive. I feel the tension. It hurts and I'm still okay. I'm still breathing. I can remain here. Once I remain here, I notice I've become more comfortable. The body releases. I release. I'm still breathing. I'm okay. I can mm. still feel the leg. Do I need to come off the leg? Or can I stay? Can I go deeper in this posture? So it, to me, it's like all these subtle invitations to have loads of grace for where my body is that day and in that mm -hmm. hour, helping me come into the present moment that I'm in, helping me reconnect to my body that I've been moving in all day that I haven't been paying much attention to, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that I've almost been taken for granted like oh right you just digest food and you just beat you know and then to mm -hmm. say oh wow there's my heart and it's beating and it's doing all these fantastic things and here I am only paying attention to the times I want to criticize myself in the mirror and it's just mm. coming into this like awareness appreciation and kindness towards ourselves and so for me it's never been about can I touch my toes or do a headstand? It's been about, can I come into appreciation and gratitude for the present moment, for the breath, for my body, and for me, for God? So it was just to say, almost like a thank you, <laughs> like mm, an offering. Yes. And so when we do yoga here, I try to, one, place myself in that place and lead from that place and then to offer it. It's fantastic because most of the people that come have never experienced yoga and they're, or they don't have a regular practice or they have a, an idea of what yoga is. And so they'll come open to this class. And, and I've had multiple people say like, whoa, <laughs> what was that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's different right? than gym yoga that I've done. So right. It's been a really neat experience, a really neat opportunity, especially for men who are like, I don't know what, what just happened over the, <laughs> right. over the last hour, but I've never done that. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, welcome back to yourself. <laughs> right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that yeah. so much. You know, and that's, it's so interesting because years ago, uh, you know, I'd heard about yoga and I was much more of a, a kickboxing, you know, type of spinning fast, loud music kind mm -hmm. of exerciser in that in that regard. And as we started Care to Change, you know, 
researching and learning about the benefits of intentional body and movement and breath and just how science really backs this idea of breath and mindfulness and mindful movement. And of course, we already know the benefits of intentional movement of the body. And so I sort of begrudgingly said, I'm going to go to yoga with the mindset of I'm going to look at it from a client's perspective. You know, what, what if I needed healing to come in here versus I was trying to get exercise because I tried to go to yoga and, you know, a dark room with no shoes on and quiet music. And, you know, for me, let's be honest, as a mom, I'm going to sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not thinking about that. So I tried it and then I would leave after a few minutes, like, no, I'm out. I, I just, to quiet the mind and to check in with the body, especially for people who have had trauma, that's, you know, that's, difficult to do. And so I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this and went to who's now our trauma informed yoga instructor here at Cure to Change. Her name's Ginger. So I went to her class because okay, I I trust her. I'm going to go to her class with this different view. And just like you said, it was so powerful to look at it from the perspective of a healing gift to self. Mm -hmm. And it changed everything. It absolutely transformed everything. And so which is why we, you know, brought her onto our team, because people that have experienced trauma or grief, anxiety, even depression, we carry that in our bodies, we know the body keeps score. And so to be able to release that in a in an intentional way, gets us out of our heads, which is what CBT, you know, cognitive based treatment and therapy does, you know, it really allows you to think through, but this incorporates the body. So it takes the healing process one step further than just sitting in a chair across from a therapist, you know, and so it was a beautiful transformation. And so I'm so glad that, you know, it's incorporated even into the retreats there at the Oaks. And it's why we you know, added it here to care to change. And I want to tell our listeners, if you're sitting there saying no way, I am not ever doing this. I would, you know, I would encourage you to try a private session. You don't have to, you know, put on your spandex and go to the gym and try but find a trauma informed uh, yoga instructor uh, who will walk you through that. And it is a transformative piece to removing this urgency and this really dismissing of what the body is saying and and doing that through the busy, you know, because yoga does say, slow down, pay attention, set an intention, listen to what your body's saying. Like you said, the pain isn't going to overtake you, you're the one in charge, and lean into that and find out what your body needs through that it it really is a, a transformative piece to healing. So uh, I'm glad that you incorporate that. So for the listeners who are here saying, okay, I want to break free from the tyranny of the urgent. I know I have to do something. Mm -hmm. Not everyone can say, okay, next weekend, I'm going to retreat, which I would say to everyone listening, find a way, plan it. If it's six months from now, nine months from now, a year from now, plan it. But no, you don't wait until, you know, six months from now. Uh, Most of our listeners are are from Indiana, not all of them. Uh, We have them from lots of places. But if you can't just say, okay, I'm, I'm scheduling a retreat, what would you say are some simple steps listeners can take to say, I need to break free. I can't necessarily go to the retreat next week. It might be six months 
nine months a year before I can get there. What do I do in the meantime? What are, what would you say to listeners? Take these two or three simple steps. Yeah. I love this because I, I try to incorporate these practices. I live at the retreat center. So talk about being weird in terms of trying to find a break when you live where you offer breaks to people. Right. So, you know, a simple one for me is finding the breath. Like we talked about trying to lengthen or deepen the breath. Another invitation I do is I invite people to plug their ears to hear the way that the breath sounds like ocean waves moving um, moving in and through them, which is a really cool activity you can do anywhere. So for those busy moms hanging out in the bathroom, you can just plug your ears for a couple of breaths, just reminding yourself mm-hmm. that you're here and you're breathing. The other is just to go outside to take a walk and just notice, notice the world around you, the little ants or things crawling by your feet, the way the grass moves in the wind, the way the wind feels on your skin, and just awaken to the possibility that there's a whole world around you that's growing and moving and here for you to enjoy. And then the other would be kindness, like just being kind and patient and gracious to yourself, just even two degree shifts, like OnSite says, mm-hmm. you know, just making these small noticings, even, even if it's a uh, intentional slowing down where you choose to park your car far away to take the longer walk, or you choose to get in the longer line or let someone go before you as you're checking out at Target, like to just slow yourself down or Um, distance yourself from the emails or the phone, you know, the things that are taking you away or helping you, you know, numb out what it, what would it look like to just turn down the noise? An invitation for me recently has been return back to healthy eating and cooking. So cut your vegetables, (laughs) you know, just, just spending some time after a long day of work returning back to the kitchen and being appreciative of the ingredients that I'm feeding my body instead of just rushing through dinner and returning back Mm. to the busyness of life. It's like, what would it look like to just slow down and actually enjoy and savor the life that's right in front of me instead of, you know, thinking about the next thing that I want to do. It's what's right here. What's what's right in front of me right now. I love that. I, I absolutely love that to say, pay attention to what I've, I've said that to the kids a lot, my kids a lot. Do you even like what you're eating right now? <laughs> um, like, are, are you paying attention to what you're eating? Does, does that actually even taste good? And sometimes we do. We're so fast at even just, oh, I've got to eat something quick. I've got to get to the next thing. We're not even paying attention to, to how we're nourishing our body. And we know that what we eat has a, a an impact on our mental health, right? And our emotions as well. So breath, being outside. Andy Kolber has a great book called Try Softer. And she talks about beauty hunting mm. and seeking, you know, hunting for beauty in some way. And so it's sort of become a mantra of mine, seek beauty, find hope. Because when you're out looking for beauty in people and places, really, it does open up the possibility. And when your mind is creatively seeking beauty, somehow hope sort of gets poured into that space a little bit. And so just that little mantra for me, seek beauty, find hope has changed even 
being outside, you know, instead of taking a walk because you need 20 minutes of, you know, exercise in the morning or whatever, it's let's go out and see what colors we can find in nature today. Can we find all the colors of the rainbow today? You know, I think we've just lost whimsy and wonder and discovery Mm -hmm. and we've, we've traded curiosity for answers and we want to abuse or punish our bodies instead of invite them into loving kindness and tenderness. And then we continually look outside of ourselves for answers and solutions and um, fixes when I'm starting to get more and more curious about, could it be that I have all that I need right where I am? And if I can, Mm. if I can figure that out, then I will find peace wherever I am, whether I have plenty or not enough, I will always find that I actually have all that I need. And so, you know, I think it's really easy for us to get distracted from the things that are most important. I just feel like that's such a brilliant invitation is just to come into appreciation and kindness. Um, and, and, and that actually opens me up to dreaming more. You know, one of the common phrases I used to hear, I worked in a church for about a decade and um, everybody would say the best is yet to come. And Mm. I just really struggled with that because I think the best is right here, right now. And if we always Mm -hmm. think that the best is yet to come, then what, what are we doing right now? (laughs) It just feels like we're chasing this rabbit that we can just never quite reach. And so, you know, I think again, we're hustling, but I would stop and say, what are we hustling for? Mm -hmm. You know, um, are we hustling for the next vacation? So we can run around and not spend time with the people we're on vacation with, or could we work less Mm. and cook dinner and see our children in the face and hear their stories? Like, what would it look like to not be busy? (laughs) You know, is, is that like a grand invitation to life? Like, when is it going to be enough? I guess is my question I've been asking myself, like, cause I just feel like I'm chasing all the time. And what would it feel like to just stop chasing what you're saying is just, it's consistent with, I think it was Paul in the mm-hmm. scripture saying mm-hmm. to be content with what you have. You know, yeah, what you're saying is totally. if you're, if you're busy, quote, busy looking for the next thing mm-hmm. or planning your next adventure or waiting for your kids to be that next age, mm-hmm. then we miss the opportunity to be content with what is right in front of us. And there's probably a reason why Paul said Learn to be content with what you have and because finding peace is in now, not in if, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we don't go seek happiness. We, we are, you know, we choose to be happy where we are, you know, and I love that. What would it look like if we were not busy? Mm-hmm. That's a great, great question to ask the listeners. What would your life look like? How would you feel? I bet our bodies would thank us. Mm-hmm. If we lived a life that wasn't busy, yeah. if we lived a life being present, practicing these four tips that you gave, you know, finding breath and being outside and practicing kindness to self and, and being present with, you know, and mindful of what we're eating, you know, and, and being in the house. And all of those pour out from our value system. And I think if we, when we slow down and pay attention and we go, okay, what is it that I value? 
And then how are my choices throughout the day reflecting those values? And I don't know, I just, I, I struggle with discipline. I'm not, <laughs> I don't like that word. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's been really helpful for me to reframe things as a way to be kind and tender to myself, knowing that when I'm kind and tender instead of critical, that I actually show up better for the people in my life. So if the more kindness I can give to myself and grace and peace at where I am, then I move in the world from that place. So then I'm more kind and patient and tender to my husband and my daughter and um, the people that I encounter throughout the day. So when I'm short with myself, I tend to be short with other people. And so Mm. I just find that, especially for people that where faith is important to them um, and they might use the lens of Christianity, we're actually kind of taught a disservice in some ways to think like, oh, but that sounds so selfish or so self-centered. And I just, I hope we can start reframing that mindset of like listening to the body and taking care of ourselves is actually the wisest thing that we could do to honor what God created. So I'm sure not everybody listening sees the world through that lens. So I'm, I want to be respectful of that, but for me, that's, that's been a really important shift mentally is to return back Mm -hmm. to those grounding places in myself so I can be that for other people. Such a beautiful beautiful piece of wisdom. You have brought so much wisdom to this conversation with these little um, nuggets. I've actually written a page full of notes while you've been talking. Um, It's beautiful. I remember reading a book. Oh, gosh, it's been probably 20 years ago at this point, but it was called A A Quiet Place of Rest. And it was really based on these principles. um, And I'd forgotten about that book until you just now said that about how our souls long to be filled, you know, with rest, but we don't allow ourselves that gift. And so we miss out. And um, it was called a quiet place of rest. And I'll have to dig that book out and see how I would I might read it differently today now that I'm have two teenagers living at home and, (laughs) and running to and fro and and paying attention as much as much for myself as I am for the listeners out there. Do you have any books that you would recommend for the listeners to, you know, dive into this a little, what, what has been helpful for you as you've sort of created the space for the retreats and have been doing your own work? What's been helpful for you? Yeah, I have a whole bookshelf of books. So first of all, I think my journey for yoga was great. I'm also a spiritual director. So sitting in some of the readings of all of that, there's a book called Holy Listening by Margaret Gunther, which was just super helpful um, about holding space for other people, almost this um, imagery of a midwife. Um, So that was really helpful for me in terms of how I want to move in this world. And then John Mark Comer has a really great resource is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And that's just a really great overview of kind of this this conversation if it's new. And then one of my favorite authors is Henry Nowen. So I would recommend anything mm. from Henry. Um, I call him Uncle Henry. <laughs> and, then, um, and then Let Your Life Speak by Parker Palmer is probably one of my favorite all-time reads. It's this little red book and it's the most potent book full of so much wisdom. Uh, It's got the most beautiful reflection of seasons in it. 
And it talks about how we can call out kind of this beautiful treasure of our soul from out from hiding if we if we do it right. So I'm just a huge fan. You know, Mary Oliver, of course, I I love all of her nature poetry. And, you know, I, I think a lot about, at least for me, I'm not trying to become a monk or like a person that doesn't move. Right. I'm just trying to be mindful in the movements. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's when I say stop and pay attention, it's kind of like the freeze game, you know, where you're just mm-hmm. like, you're in motion and you're wiggling and dancing. And then you just stop and you look around and you're like, oh, there's a human. There's a, there's a flower. And it, it's like just those moments that kind of ground you back to what's important and so yeah so those are the books I'd I'd start with I also like and this is something I've said that's helped me is that balance isn't a destination it's a dance Mm -hmm. so it's something you know we're, we're trying so hard to kind of reach this place of arrival uh with like how do we get this all figured out and I would just say you don't um you just right. you leaned you lean a little to the left on Tuesday and then you readjust on Wednesday because you have soccer practice you know like right it's, it's that invitation back to kindness and grace it's like what's here for me to notice today and that's mm-hmm. great and that's that's a really kind way to posture yourself through life and i've had some of the greatest teachers um, to help me just become aware and present to the things that really matter. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like we're recording this. We're actually in my office. We're not. We don't usually record this in my office, but today we are since you're remote. And I'm looking at a picture on my wall of my son and my daughter, and they're walking on the beach, and you can see the waves. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. you said that, it's when you said you know that balance isn't a destination; it's a dance. You stop and freeze, and you look. It's like the waves go out the waves come back in, the the Mm -hmm. waves go out, the waves come back in. So there's movement, but it's in a rhythm. And that's, I think what you're, you're speaking to sort of finding the rhythm, uh, the waves of life and sort of moving with it, not just stopping, but also not diving in and never coming up for air, but just kind of finding the ebbs and flows of the water that goes out and in of life. Absolutely. And it's so fascinating, especially now that we've moved from the Midwest to California, my husband's learning how to surf and, Hmm. you know, there's a whole language that the ocean speaks that surfers understand Hmm. and you can watch, they're called wave sets. So you're watching these sets of waves and they come in and they're all based on like winds and what's underneath the, there's so many metaphors, Mm. you know, the rock formations underneath depend on how the waves are shaped, but you learn to listen to the way the ocean communicates. So you know when to ride the waves and when to wait. Mm. And so, you know, I think as we, as we engage the ocean, there's like this grand invitation to pay attention to our lives, to know when is it time to jump on our board and just ride that wave. Mm. When is the wave going to toss us about? We need to protect ourselves a little bit. When is it time to dig our feet in and just let the ri- the waves rock us? And when is it time to lay and let the sun warm us as we're waiting? So, you know, I just feel like there's so many beautiful invitations to slowing down the cadence of our life, to stop this urgency, mm. uh, because what we're chasing is right here. Right. It's right here. Right. It's not out there. It's not tomorrow. It's right here. That's so beautiful. So beautiful. 
Stephanie, thank you again. I just love so much every conversation that I get to have with you. I count it such a gift. And every time I am with you, I walk away just filled. So thank you for taking time and just talking today. Again, thank you for what you're doing, but really just who you are and what you represent. I just love so much about you and and just really just who you are. So thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, April. You are creating such a beautiful space for people. The work that you do, I'm so inspired. And I'm so glad that our our worlds have uh, collided and continue to intersect. Um, You are a true gift. I've met some of your team there at Care to Change, and they are absolutely phenomenal people. So Mm. yes, they they really are. They we have a yeah. Of course, I'm I'm a little biased, but we do have a special team here. Um, (laughs) No, I've 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 seen it. It's true. It's so sweet. So. Well, thank you for joining us. Listeners, um, I encourage you to share this with the people in your life that you know are just looking and searching and striving. And um, it is such a gift to be able to give the gift of pause to someone. I know I get asked a lot, what podcast would you recommend? And this is a good one for anyone who's really wanting to make change. They know that they need to make a change. They can't keep going at the current pace. And so this concludes our breaking free series. Next week, we'll be starting a new series called real parenting. We'll be talking about how to give your kids the foundation needed for success at school, talking to teens and early teens about what healthy dating means. We're going to be talking about bullying and ADHD and anxiety and And even the hard topics like what to do when you catch your kids with porn. And so there's so many, so many great topics that we have coming for you in August. Feel free to to check those out. Again, for those of you listening, thank you. We know you have a choice how you spend your time. And we're so glad that you've chosen to spend that time with us today. And we, we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. We invite you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in this episode. If you have any questions or would like additional information, please reach out to us on our care line at 317 979-7133 or email us at help at care2change.org. We thank you again and hope you will join us for more of our podcast conversations.